Welcome to the Healing Station with Dr. Red. I am Dr. Red, your host, and I'm so excited to bring you this next episode called Faith in Practice. And it is a play on words because we will be talking, I will be talking to somebody I'm really excited to introduce you to, who is another Christian psychologist in the field that I absolutely love. And so we will be having this conversation and just learning about her journey in particular and training and all of that good stuff, what it's like to practice as a Christian psychologist working with clients and then the play on words part where it's like faith in practice. Like what does this look like practically for her in her personal life? So just being able to talk about that, bounce off of each other and just flow in the spirit, flow in the Holy Spirit. So I'm so excited about this. So hey to my sis, Dr. Eden Agonifer, come on, I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. And I'm going to have you introduce yourself to the people. Go ahead, sis. Sounds good. Hi, Dr. Red. Well, thank you so much for the invitation to be here today, to talk with you, to dialogue. I'm super stoked. Uh, just like you, I love psychology. I love God. I love theology. So this is the perfect place to be in. Uh, and so, hello everyone. My name is Dr. Aiden Agonifer. I am a licensed clinical psychologist, actually a licensed Christian clinical psychologist um, <laughs> who is based out of California. I live in Los Angeles, in particular Long Beach, uh, and I have my own virtual private practice called Aid in Healing, uh, Wellness and Psychological Services. I also do uh, Christian life coaching. Um, under my coaching services called Walk Light. So as you can imagine, uh, all the years of training, experience, uh, whether that's just life experience, but formal training, like from undergrad, graduate school, going to a seminary to get my doctorate degree in clinical psychology. So I bring all of that into the work that I do. So I, uh, as I mentioned, I have my own private practice. Uh, currently, I'm also a professor at the University of Southern California where I teach in our marriage and family therapy department there. Uh, I'm also working with the students there as a psychologist in our counseling center. Um, and so these are a few of the things that I get to do in my role as a Christian clinical psychologist. Woo, love it. She was like little. Come on, humble. But <laughs> that was not a little. That was a lot. But we appreciate it. I love it. I'm so proud of you on a personal note because um, I know we met in undergrad actually at the University of Texas at Austin. And it's crazy because the motto is like, what hearts here changes the world. Like we really world changers, girl. We really doing it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so proud Absolutely. of this. So proud Absolutely. of this. And so as I've learned about your journey, um, one thing that was exciting me was that you got trained at a theology school, like a seminary school is like where you did your program. And so I wanted mm -hmm. to just, um, have you said some light about what that process was like and what your training was like and just mm -hmm. that's where I wanted to start just learning about your journey to becoming that Christian clinical psychologist <laughs> yes my favorite part uh, now that I've been out of school for quite some time it's much easier <laughs> to talk about the grad school journey I'm sure you Woo! know it takes a lot to be a psychologist it does. and I often say it is also really hard to go to seminary um, little did I know I, th I think when I decided to apply to Fuller Theological Seminary uh, at the time it was you know towards the end of my 
college career, my senior year, I remember talking to Dr. Bentley, you know, she and I are meeting our mutual mentor about what's next. And mm-hmm. I honestly didn't know psychology was for me. It was just more of, you know, I'm wrapping up my undergraduate degree with human development, family sciences. Um, and she kept encouraging me to apply to doctoral programs. And, and at the time, of course, she's educational psychologist, but she kept saying like, there's a need and um, you should totally apply for it, get paid to go to school. That's kind of how she was encouraging me to think about it. But I kept sharing with her, like, I, Dr. Bentley, I really want to go to a school where not only am I trained to think about uh, the concepts of suffering and healing, but I really wanted to be at a place that also taught me a lot about Christianity because um, I knew my journey in undergrad, uh, experienced trauma, difficulties of just being a college student outside of like major life events. Um, and what got me through was my faith. And so mm-hmm. um, even throughout college, I would work as a mentor, as a tutor with local high schools and middle schools in Austin, uh, predominantly black and brown communities. And faith is always brought up in some concept. And I always felt like I was not equipped to answer questions or to even engage in a dialogue. So I remember telling her, like, I need to go somewhere where they're teaching me both. And she and I went back and forth. She's like, just go get paid to go to grad school. You can earn a master's and find a way to integrate it yourself. And I, I was so persistent. I was like, no, Mm-mm. I want to go where they're going to show me this. And yeah. interestingly, you know, she, of course, she didn't really know much about different programs. She just said, you know what? I co-authored a paper with this professor. I think he was either at UPenn at the time or Penn State, one of the two. And it happened to be that he attended Fuller. So she didn't even know anything about Fuller. She just said, well, you know, he, he, here's one person I know who's formally trained. And so I looked up Fuller and I just fell in love. And it was like, whoa, I didn't know there are places like this that exist. And again, no idea. <laughs> you know, you hear of <laughs> seminary, but no idea what the process would entail. Yeah. Uh, I looked up the website. I applied. I applied to a couple of schools uh, out on the West Coast. Uh, but I would distinctly remember during my interview, which was a full day interview experience at Fuller, it was so clear, it was so confirmed that that's where I was supposed to be. Uh, and that journey started in 2013. It was a five-year journey of studying both theology and psychology side by side, which was brutal, you know, and mm-hmm. my friends and I, we joke now by saying like, we had no idea what we were signing up for. We knew we loved God. We knew we mm-hmm. wanted to learn about psychology, but it, you really are taught a lot about uh, theology formally, which which would mean that you have to deconstruct a lot of your initial learning about faith, about God, about the church, which some people don't make it out of that, you know, that deconstruction process, but you're supposed to deconstruct in order to reconstruct and really have a solid understanding of scripture, uh, re- the permission to really grapple and wrestle with theological issues and concepts and doctrines. And so you're doing that as you're also learning about who you are as a human being, your emotions, your thoughts, and your own response to life stressors and traumas and culture and all of that. So I would definitely say it's, you know, God chose that place for me because I wouldn't, mm-hmm. if 
I had known what, what it would take to go through seminary, I probably wouldn't have signed up for it. That's but uh, that was so important for my own formation process as a human being, first and foremost, and then as a professional. So if I knew I was going to go out there and really serve Christians and serve them well, it prepared me for everything that I could possibly think of. I'm, I'm still learning. You know, when I say everything, I say that loosely, but it really taught me a lot about God and the church and the Bible in ways that now I feel like I'm equipped to have th that conversation with people. That was my journey. <laughs> That's amazing. And I love how you really held on to your conviction of wanting to make sure that the program is one that is doing both. Because um, I know mm -hmm. it can be tempting, especially how much grad school has cost me personally <laughs> to mm -hmm. go somewhere that's going to pay. <laughs> um, yeah. So that, that's oh. awesome. I love to hear that. And so I'm curious also how in that journey, as you were getting trained, I know there's the seminary piece. How was the counseling piece of it or the clinical part of it? And how did they bridge those together um, for you? Yeah, um, so thank God, you know, Fuller is an APA accredited institution. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a very uh, rigorous program. Um, in fact, sometimes some of our critique is they, they're more heavy on the psychology than the, than the theology. Um, when I was a student there, um, I think up until maybe 2014, you were required to get a degree both in like a master's in, in like psychology, master's in theology. And then of course you get your doctorate in uh, clinical psychology. So I do have a master's in intercultural studies. We call it intercultural studies, but it's, it's more about missions, whether that's globally, locally, but a lot of those courses um, are theology courses. So really understanding again in depth, right? It's not just a little sprinkle here and there, but uh, the first two years, you're taking a lot of psychology and theology classes, uh, foundational classes, theories classes, and then we'll take like Old Testament, New Testament class. Uh, I took systematic theology. So, you know, side by side, you're taking these courses uh, from, from really amazing instructors um, that come from all over the world. Uh, Fuller's a really well-known institution. Mm -hmm. um across the globe but even on the west coast so um it has a very it's a very credible school so even when we're out there competing for practicum sites you know we're competing against ucla and you know the top schools and they knew there are a lot of fuller folks who are who who are in the area who practice who train and so um none of us really struggle we have a, a very high passing rate of the triple p so it's a it's a really it's a school that's situated in a really cool position of being in Los Angeles, which we know also is well known across the world, primarily for Hollywood and pop culture, but to be positioned in a place where there's a lot taking place. And yet there's that uh, a training ground for a lot of pastors and a lot of Christian psychologists. So most of us are providing services to people from all over the world in whatever mm -hmm. arena that we're in, even as, as practicum trainees. Uh, and then, of course, most graduate and they stay. So there's that connection with, you know, uh, it's a well-known program, well-known city. Um, and uh, 
people know us and they respect the work we do coming out of seminary. So that's something that even now being at USC, we have a lot of you know, Polish students who come there to train. Mm-hmm. We have a few um, graduates who, who are still at USC, you know, teaching, providing services as leaders. So it's a really cool experience to see that, you know, even coming from a seminary, um, it's not necessarily a turnoff or we're not less than compared to some of our peer institutions in the area. Yeah. So That's awesome. a lot of really good training. Yes, <laughs> it, it sounds like it. And I love how it was like, like I'm hearing your courses as you were talking about what you were taking. I'm just like, that is so that's a lot. I will say that's a lot because you're doing both that 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 sounds like there's a lot, but it also sounds pretty awesome and wonderful. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing that journey. I really love that. Um, so this next part, I was just thinking as you're talking about your journey and, and graduating. So now as a practicing Christian clinical psychologist, what does that look like for you? Um, the populations you work with, how you approach mm-hmm. things, like what what is your style? Like, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. And how would you mm-hmm. conceptualize your work mm-hmm. um, in that way? So I'm curious. Yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, it, it depends, you know. So, of course, at USC, um, I do have students who come see me um, for different reasons. It could be because of uh, they want to see a Black therapist. So sometimes it's based on race and mm-hmm. gender. Um, and, but then some students will specifically ask to work with the provider uh, of a Christian background or who who's well-versed in understanding uh, the importance of religion and spirituality. So I do work with like Muslim identified students, Hindu and folks from different religious backgrounds as well. So I don't always see Christians. I actually see uh, everyone, even atheists, mm-hmm. humanists. So the spectrum of folks with different religious backgrounds, but because, and it's not to say everything translates from Christianity to those religions, but at least I know to slow down to ask mm-hmm. about, you know, what what does being part of this specific community mean to them or what does spirituality mean even if they're not religious. So really taking the time out to assess um, people's like different dimensions of well being. And I wholeheartedly believe spiritual well being matters, right? Whether you're a Christian or yeah. not. So that kind of gives me the ends on understanding, you know, if people were religious and they walked away from it whatever that is, mm. what's connected to that, right? And that's where I do an assessment around, you know, is there any hurt or trauma connected to religion or religious experience? Or if it is coping that they do, they are active, they do practice and they do go to the temple or they see an imam or they see somebody that really is helping them think through their faith. It's it's a coping mechanism to protect a factor. So really being able to ask about that as well and seeing how we can integrate that as part of our work. Um, yeah. where we're talking about self-care and coping and meaning making. So uh, at the university level, you know, I, I actually love that because it gives me an understanding of not only Christianity, but other world religions and just this concept of spirituality. Uh, in my private practice, I would say majority of my clients are Christian clients um, who find me on on the website on Therapy for Black Girls or Therapy mm-hmm. for Black Men. And, you know, I do mention I have this training. I don't think I'm as explicit, on you know, when it comes to my material. And that's something I think a lot about, you know. 
how much of it do I want to uh, share on platforms? How much of it would clients know once they meet with me? So um, with the, I think with the little bit that I've shared, actually I've, I've gained a lot of Christian clients uh, just mm-hmm. all throughout the state of California. My youngest client is 14, oldest 72. Um, you know, I've had the privilege of counseling ministers, just folks in different yeah. walks of life. And, and But these are people who want to do explicit therapy. And when I say explicit, we're talking about God. And, yeah. you know, I've been given the permission to um, ask some questions about scripture or to incorporate, um, you know, Christian-based biblical counseling. Um, mm-hmm. And so as you can imagine, especially um, within, within our field, our ethics, our law says, you know, of course, we're not imposing our religious ideas on people. But when people just like if someone comes to us and says, I want to work with a black therapist, there's that common understanding, right, of what does it mean to be black? And there's certain things that we could say, oh, yeah, you know, I could freely talk about this scripture. I wonder if this applies to, oh, what does this mean to you? And Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been times when clients will say, pray for me and, and saying, okay, yeah. I have your permission, you know, let me pray for you or let me recommend for you to go see a pastor. And so it's more explicit in that way. But in grad school, we talked a lot about explicit and implicit integration. Um, and implicit would mean like as a Christian psychologist, actually, my disposition is to really think of everyone regardless of what they believe in. And to really care for them from that place. So praying for my clients actively, no matter what, you know, mm-hmm. taking the time out to really think about them, to really show them kindness and compassion, even if they're a difficult client to work with, uh, really creating a non-judgmental space. You know, we say that a lot in therapy, but even from a Christian perspective, how do I view that? How does God view hospitality or compassion or kindness? Um, so... Yeah, I'd say majority of my clients are Christians in my, in my private practice. Uh, majority are Black, uh, which I love. It, you know, I've done a lot of studies on Black families, even in undergrad and grad school. A lot of the work that I tend to do focuses on the Black community. So it's like my happy place where everything kind of comes together and I get to talk about all of that, right? Intersectionality and thinking about all these different identity pieces and how they integrate together. Mm-hmm. as we're making meaning or make, we're making sense of people's stories. Absolutely. And it really sounds yeah. as I'm hearing you talk, which is my approach as well, is very client-centered and client-led in the way that, yes, um, I'm coming in there with my identity as a Christian. And yes, I definitely agree with you with the praying uh, for my clients outside of sessions and just thinking about them and showing compassion and the love of Jesus and also allowing them and being very open to them bringing in however they would like to practice. So whether that is praying for them, I have had clients pray, ask for me to pray for them in session or to, for them to pray. And we just, you know, be in agreement. Mm -hmm. So, and scripture reading and recommendations, books and stuff like that. And so it definitely sounds like that is how you've integrated it, where it's like, okay, let's do this client-led and client-centered, um, which is awesome. And I love to mm-hmm. hear that. Another piece that I know I've encountered, and I'm just wondering what your experience has been like, is when doing counseling and the Holy Spirit is like, 
do this <laughs> or say, you know, or ask this. Mm -hmm. And I've experienced that a lot with clients. And I love when, like, I love it. It's like one of some of my favorite <laughs> sessions when he's like, I'm taking over in a way um, and being able to download things that maybe the client, I didn't know, <laughs> but they, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit would be like, ask them about this. And then I'll do it. And they're like, oh, mm -hmm. you know, and they would, We'll, it'll go it'll take us somewhere that I didn't even wouldn't have thought yeah. of um and then right. other interventions like the Holy Spirit being able to say um like hey at, invite them to worship I know this client enjoys mm -hmm. worship enjoys music and they're dealing mm -hmm. with heavy depression heaviness and and so mm -hmm. I had a client recently come in and it was just so much heaviness. And even though it was virtual, I can feel the heaviness that they were coming in mm -hmm. with. And it just felt like talk therapy is probably not going to work today, but we'll see how this goes. Mm -hmm. And as we were talking, um, my client asked me, can we pray together? And she was like, mm -hmm. um, can you pray for me? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so I started praying for her and I made space for her to also pray as well. And in the midst of this Holy Spirit, as she was praying, was like, invite her to worship. And I know this client mm -hmm. loves um, loves worship music, but worship can be so intimate. And so like worshiping with people can be like this thing where like there are people are shy. They don't want to want to raise their hands in church, you know. So I don't know. And I, we never had that conversation. So I was really mm -hmm trusting the holy spirit and i was like i really hope <laughs> that you know what you're talking about yeah. which i do think you do but i felt so vulnerable in that moment because i'm like oh, i really hope this goes well lord i'm trusting you yeah. <laughs> so i was like yeah. do you want to just worship and they were just like oh, absolutely and the lord gave me the song and i wouldn't have picked the song mm -hmm. and it was like a over seven minute song i was like wow we're really going to worship, Lord. Mm -hmm. um, so pick the song, put it on. And at first I was self-conscious, like, how are they doing? They good? I was looking at the camera like, they good? And they, their eyes were closed. They were in it. And then I let go and let God. And it was just beautiful how there was such a shift in the space. Um, and it was just such mm -hmm. a powerful session. And we didn't really talk. It was really just mm -hmm. them being able to, like, worship the Lord and also me doing the same thing in that moment. Such a powerful uh, time mm -hmm. um, that was very spirit led, and again, yeah. inviting the client into it, and so I was like, "Whoa!" So, yeah, yeah I just yeah. want to know your. I know that's a story from, um, from me practicing it, but I'm just wondering if that's something that you've experienced mm -hmm. or something you're open to in, in your practice and your thoughts there. That is beautiful. First of all, I'm like, I'm just in awe, you know, that level of obedience. I know for us, especially as professionals, it, it, it could be sort of tricky to know um, how many things we could invite into the, the session, including the Holy Spirit. Okay, so sometimes I, I, especially my training at Fuller, there's a lot of like talking about, you know, you can't assume even when someone says God, we're talking about the same guy, like you exactly. get into the nuances exactly. of like, I say the Holy Spirit, you know, would they know the Holy Spirit just when you think about the diversity of the, the Christian experience. So, uh, but beyond that, because sometimes we can get so caught up in, the, in, in that piece that we forget, like you said, that there is a God, the Holy Spirit is at work in us. Um, and if we're willing to pause sometimes, and I've experienced that, you know, pausing and he gives you a word, for the client or a question to ask that you probably wouldn't if you're just trying to do it in your own way in your own psychological intervention um so i have had that, those moments um 
or like you said, uh, sharing something with the client that sometimes I know usually I, I don't tend to share too much, but maybe in that space it was needed. And so um, it's just the right thing, right? Like when the Holy Spirit is present, the right word is said, the client feels something, they see something. So uh, I do experience those moments, which I love because then even now, you know, the more and more I've been in the field and I've been practicing, I feel like the the work we do is becoming lighter. I mean, it, it, it therapy could be a lot in and of itself, but there's that grace that I feel like God helps us to carry. And even when you're dealing with a client who's really dealing with a lot of trauma um, and, and a lot of depression or a lot of anxiety, it's yeah. we step back and we really let the Holy Spirit show up in, in unique ways, as long as the person's willing, like you said, and they're open Absolutely. to it. Um, so I love those sessions. I, I am open to that. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, also always keeping in mind, like, what, like that person centered approach of like, where are they? Because what I find sometimes with some of my Christian clients, uh, incredibly gifted, talented, you know, Christian clients who, whatever they do, they're just amazing, right? Um, but they yet they deal with a lot of anxiety and shame, even around faith. Right. So mm-hmm. we're not just talking about work. We're not just talking about relationships and health, but they're they're They might be coming in with a level of anxiety and shame around what it means to be a Christian. So I try to find that yeah. balance of like, how how do I allow the Holy Spirit to minister to them in those moments? But also, how do I lean on him to give me the the, the spiritual insight to know where they are in their own mm-hmm. faith journey? And how to how to really pay attention to that, how to maybe validate, how to really unpack their religion experiences before we kind of dive into some of those practices. Um, and then kind of, you know, let him take over, it's not just in the session, but I always say I'm only seeing them about 50 minutes a week, but the remainder of the week, uh, you know, that prayer comes in place of like, mm-hmm. God, like, I'm thinking about them. I'm praying for them before sessions, after sessions. And I know he's moving in them because we'll talk in the next session. I I could see that these people are really being transformed and they're really encountering. Not not only are they healing from whatever it is that's bothering them, but they're starting to really encounter their savior, their God in the midst of everything they're dealing with. It is beautiful, regardless of how long they've been in church. It's just that pure, genuine encounter of like they're coming to see God in different ways now than they have before. Absolutely. So yeah, that other piece as the intercessory, the intercessory prayer that we engage in as Christian psychologists, definitely praying. Because like you said, we see them for a small, tiny portion of their weekend. And some of my clients I see every other week are PRN. So that's a whole nother thing so there's big gaps in between and Mm -hmm. honestly it really is the holy spirit because the same holy spirit in me holy spirit in them and just seeing how he leads them and guides them and just the shifting and the changing that takes place so it's beautiful thank you so another thing that comes to mind is how you practice faith in your own life. So that piece of, mm. yes, as Christian psychologists, we have we have the training and, and how the integration works um, and then going into what it looks like practically in the everyday as we sit with clients in space. And now what does that look like outside? Like psychology head off, just regular, <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. regular awesome editing. Like what does that look like? 
walking in faith yeah. and, and really practicing yeah. what you believe and what you encourage your clients um, yeah. with. So you have good questions, Dr. Red. I'm over here like, come on. These are these are important questions to ask, right? Um, we need to be asked these questions, regardless of the psychologist, you know, employees of anybody, mom, you know, so sometimes we forget to really ask people that, and you know, recently I spoke at a church and what was so clear to me is that we're not just talking about do you have faith or not, yes or no, but what mm. kind of faith are you demonstrating? Come on, because there's so many different flavors of faith, you know. Mm. So, you know, I thank God because I always say it took me a minute to get this part, even even after training at a seminary, because sometimes it's really hard to break uh, some of our earlier um, socialization and formation around how to think about faith, like. You know, go to church and check out that box. Uh, read scripture mm-hmm. here and there, right? Not necessarily sit and like really eat from the word of God. Uh, a very dear friend, Mariah, it, 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 there's a season when she and I would crack up. She'd say like, snacking from the Bible, right? Like we, we really do. We just kind of take a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. So some of us, unfortunately, depending on where you grew up, the, the family environment, what the messages you heard growing up, um, the beauty of it is we are who we are today because of that. Right. Parents saying, mm-hmm. go to church, read your word, you know, even when we don't want to, that that seed was planted and that that, that plant grew. Right? It may have looked different in different seasons, but it grew. The other side of it, though, is some of us treat it as like it's just the something to check off the box. And so mm-hmm. for me to be completely transparent, I mean, I've had a beginning college is when I gave my life to Christ, even though I grew up in a Christian home, there was that awareness of like, I need Jesus in my life as my mm-hmm. personal savior. Once that took place, um, you know, early on, there's a lot of excitement, a lot of passion, wanting to learn. And then life happens and you kind of go through the different phases. And so I always say, you know, our faith evolves with time. It's not just you have faith one time and that's it. But Sometimes it grows, sometimes it's dry, sometimes it's with whatever it is, whatever metaphors you want to use, it's important to understand, again, what kind of faith you're demonstrating. So um, after going through grad school, uh, even my own therapy and so many things, it was very clear to me, especially in 2020, uh, and this is something I've been sharing a lot of as of late, is God saying, you know, homecoming, and I'm like, what do you mean by that? God, like, mm-hmm. here I am, I'm going to church, I'm serving in a ministry, uh, I'm, you know, I'm reading my Bible, I'm listening to worship, you know, those disciplines that we're taught to do, but he said homecoming, and I was kind of struck by that, because um, the year before, there's there a lot of trauma work I was doing, and I didn't realize how much the trauma was impacting me and even my own practice, mm-hmm. right? I was experiencing so much detachment that, like, I'm doing things, but going through the motion of things. And yeah. so, you know, God really used the pandemic to bring me back to my base and to really show me like, I'm gonna take you through a season of cultivating deep faith, mm-hmm. not shallow faith, deep faith, active faith, right? Really like I need you to have great faith, especially for the kind of work you do mm-hmm. with people and even for your own life and your own family and those connected to you yes. you cannot 
survive what's what's coming in the coming years you will not be able to survive that with the type of faith you're you're having right now which is kind of like a minute but yeah i'm in it but i'm still you know focused on work and other things had my attention more than god and and Uh i'll dare say now i know they're idols right even being a psychologist working on one of the top institutions in the world and being a USC now I'm making money now I'm traveling you know God was like I'm I'm happy for you that those things I gave you those things I need you to come back to and so it says it was when I tell you my whole life changed I didn't even expect that but it happened in series of meeting with a spiritual mentor who started asking me simple things like what's life giving to you and I can name things even though I'm doing all these things that are great hmm. um and then we start talking about the love of God and I was like I didn't even realize I'm over here trying to earn the love of God right and <sighs> some of this comes from childhood right like yeah. only when I'm like doing these things and checking off the boxes God love me and then when I don't I just feel That's horrible right. it was just it was a cycle of that cycle. and, and yeah. God took me through the process of I need you to just receive my love because it's given to you. But as you embrace that love, I also need you to walk with me daily, consistently, faithfully, and not in a rush, not as you're going to the next thing, but I need you to sit before me each morning. So every day now, it's I don't care what's going on. I don't care where I am. And in some days it's hard, but yeah. I get up and the first thing, before I do anything, it's me and God. Right? I, I just I'm with him sharing my emotion, my heart, my struggle, my day, whatever it is. It's like he's my first, my first love. To really like learning to live out of that place. I'm really reading my Bible like daily, and like mm-hmm. it's hard sometimes because an hour and a half will go by, and I'm like, I gotta like get ready and start work because I, I can get so lost in it because the Holy Spirit just brings everything to life it's not just this boring book that i'm reading or it's irrelevant everything in it is so relevant it's so eye-opening especially when god empowers you to see what he sees and his revelation so um, i would definitely say i'm super grateful for where i am now because it hasn't always been this way that combination of really deep faith by reading the word of God, by the intimate time I spend with him, by allowing the Holy Spirit to really lead me, by cultivating that intimate relationship with him as well. So now I could actually see everything through a spiritual lens, even as a mm-hmm. as, even as a therapist. It's not just a natural psychological lens, but mm-hmm. it's like I have this extra insight on things that maybe most people don't because that like God is like really downloading his wisdom that mm-hmm. can only come Excellent. from him and not even from psychology and not even from other people. So it's like I have the advantage in life because I, like my maker not only loves me and I know that and I'm living out of that place, but he reveals his mysteries to me. So yes, I have my anchor, right? As I'm going through life and challenges and other people's challenges, it's like I'm, I'm firm. I'm not shaken. I'm not distracted. I'm really firm in him. Even when things could be difficult I'm, I'm stable so. I love it oh I love hearing people's faith journey and mm-hmm. like you I grew up in a household where you know dad was 
thankful about praying every morning. I was like, he got me. He covered me. I'm good. But leaving mm -hmm. and going to UT started that cultivation of my own relationship with God. And then leaving to go to grad school all the way in Missouri. <laughs> That's where I met him face to face. Okay. <laughs> face to face. Heavily. Um, <laughs> face to face. He was like, this. Yeah. okay. So. <laughs> And the pandemic as well is where I, like God really, sh it was a shaking. It was shaking for the world. And it shook me in a way where it was like, mm -hmm. this is where you still lack faith. We should work on that. Cause the, mm -hmm. like you said, the stuff to come, <laughs> you think this, <laughs> wait until you, you know? So I was like, all right, <laughs> I mm -hmm. hear you. Let's get this together. And I trust you. And he, and I've been going deeper. And then I didn't even realize how much, my journey of going deeper with him. Yes, it benefited our relationship, but it also has benefited mm -hmm. the relationships I have with others in my life personally. Mm -hmm. But oh my gosh, talk about a game changer as a clinician. Because <laughs> like you said, it's yeah. like the cheat sheet in life, but also in practice because God knows them since we've yeah. formed their mother's womb. So it's like, come on, and come I, on. And I love as you were talking, because it reminds me like God tells his secrets to his friends. Like, as you become mm -hmm. a friend of God, that's how yeah. you get the insight. Like, Come and it's on, not on yeah. some manipulation stuff at all. It's yeah. humility all the way, because it's not me. It's yeah. not you. It's, it's all about yeah. him, right? And so yeah. it's beautiful to me. And I didn't even realize that because I was just trusting him as he was pulling me into the deep. I was like, all right, let's go. Because where else am I going to go? Mm -hmm. <laughs> this world ain't got nothing for me. Where yeah. else am I going to go? Um, and so it was just beautiful just hearing you talk about that because similarly, yes, a lot of stuff had me wanting to earn his love and all of that. And so it's just being in this space now where I say like Faith Walker out on the water <laughs> looking at Jesus because I ain't trying to sink. <laughs> um, for yeah. sure, because this is a lot and just yeah. being in this space yeah. now and it sounds like you're in a similar space where we need yeah. him. Like it is vital that we are walking yeah. with him daily at this point because yeah. the work that he has right. us doing i ain't got it by myself i'm gonna be honest with you <laughs> no sis i don't know how i always say you know the work of therapy is a very sacred work and oh my gosh, of indeed. course there are non-christian therapists that are out there but i'm like how do they do it? Because hi, kid. I I wonder how um, do you do this in your own strength. Like, how do you do this like, only with the book? Because I be I, outside that book a lot. Like, uh, that's, that. those are the therapists that be cutting up, as we know. But it, <laughs> it, it, it I literally was sharing with a colleague of mine yesterday. I said it is one of the most humbling things you can do to sit with people and to learn from them about life experiences and suffering mm -hmm. and healing. And, and if that doesn't change you, and, but because mm -hmm. if it's all about head knowledge and, and human knowledge, like you said, it, that can only carry you so far. Right. And that's why like, to me, I always say psychology helps. It's not about like one or the other. It helps. It's a God given tool we have in life, but it, whether it's as a writer or the client, if you don't have another way of making sense of these things beyond what's in, like we said, in the natural and and with in, in a human way, I'm like you're still stuck. You're still you're gonna come back to this reality that you're suffering. You're gonna come back to this reality that it still doesn't make sense. And even lately, you know, as we talk a lot about traumas of life and the pandemic and 
we see a lot in the news, even when, when we hear rates of uh, suicidal ideation or mm-hmm. attempts or completion. I mean, when you when you really look at that, even with Christians, right? Sometimes yeah. with Christians, it, it 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 makes you kind of scratch your head, like what is going, on, going on, right? Where where does our hope come from? Mm-hmm. Some people get knocked off real hard to a point where they just cannot recover from it. Right? There's yeah. there's no way for them to bounce back because of course we talk to people about resiliency and you can you can make it you could survive you can move on but what happens if you can't who helps you put your life back together the pieces together so i I say this all the time the more i know the more i don't know Hmm. hey i don't care if i have a doctorate it's just the more i said before god the more i'm like oh no what i know is nothing compared to what you know like my knowledge your wisdom and so it has been a very humbling experience, but in a beautiful way, right? It's Absolutely. not like one of, like I always say, there's a difference between true humility and low self-esteem and low self worth Like mm-hmm. when you're really connected to God and you're operating out of that, out of that place, you, you are confident in who he is. Therefore, you're confident in what you say, what you do. And it's never going to come from a place of pride, right? Or that's not, you. even if you attempted to go that way, God will not keep you in that place. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much. This was such a great conversation and just hearing your story and just being able to glean from you, learn from you, hear from you. It was just so special. So thank you so much for your time, for your honesty, for your transparency. Um, I'm so excited about that and excited for what you're doing and mm, such a treat, (laughs) such a treat to have you in our field um, and the work that you're doing out there in California. So thank you so much. Well, that is all that we have. Thank you all so much for listening. We will be back next Thursday with another episode and let's heal together. Bye y'all. Love you.